You cannot be serious. That ball was on the line. Shock blew up. Oh, he's toying with him now. Hey, Kate. Chris, what's up? So, a lot of tennis right now, which is nice. A lot of watchable, good tennis. Yeah. Big tournaments, back to back, Indian Wells and now Miami. Right. A little bit of a break, and then it's like my favorite time of the year, which is the European clay court season. It's just like, <laughs> it feels like it's underway. I'm so pumped. Have you been watching a lot of the Miami tournament? I have. I have. In fact, I was just, uh, I was just thinking uh, we're recording this in the middle of the day, and Sveta Kuznetsova is playing right now, and so happy to have her back on the big stage. I read she's only 30, which is shocking. Like, I feel like she's carried herself like someone in their mid-30s for a decade now. She's been with us for years and years. And she's great. She is now in the finals. She beat Tamea Bazinski, this uh, young up-and-comer sure. um, who's really exciting in her own right and a young Swiss player. Svetlana Kuznetsova is in the finals in Miami after a three-set victory uh, a couple of days ago over Serena Williams. She won one uh, French Open, one U.S. Open. And I think, I was thinking back, she's been in a surprising number of uh, like quarter. Like She's had like deep runs. I think she's been in like eight quarters and above, which is funny. Yeah. I, I feel like a lot of those tournaments... She like quietly went out in the semis or something. And I want to talk about something that we just glossed over a second ago, which is now this is the third straight tournament where Serena Williams has lost. Yes. This one early in the last two, it was in the, you know, the semis and then uh, in the Australian Open, obviously the finals. But like, this is the last, this is the third consecutive, like pretty big tournament that she's kind of failed to live up to expectations, which, to be fair, are really high because it's Serena Williams. Right. Outrageously high. Although, I think, like, if you notice in the press, there's, like, a double... There's, like, two takes going on, sometimes in the same article, which is that either she's not focused and she only cares about the Grand Slams, or she's getting older. And it's, like, no one wants to ponder the second option too much. I don't, because she's so good for the game. She's so exciting. She brings so many people, like, so much happiness, myself included. But, yeah, yeah, it has to be that just maintaining that level is so, so, so hard. And I've heard people talk about, like, one of the reasons that the WTA Tour is so, like, all over the place outside of Serena Williams is just, like, the depth has gotten a lot like a lot better in the last like three or four years where now like nobody's guaranteed like an easy run right. to the semis. Whereas like a couple of years ago, that was the case. Right. I mean, there was like the top five or six players would like not have a three, three setter until the semis regularly right. in those big tournaments. Uh, it's kind of yeah. cool that that doesn't happen anymore as much as, as nice as it is to have rivalries like on the men's side, like it probably overall is good for the health. I think that's true. Form. And I feel like we could really enjoy it. And this is a natural segue into something else that I want to talk about. I feel like we could really enjoy it if we could watch it. Like one of the most frustrating things is that because there's so much good tennis going on um, in early rounds of tournaments, it really, really affects my viewing depending on what tournament has secured what rights with what broadcaster. Right. And like, I still don't really understand because I guess I'm a Luddite now, how to stream things on my computer. So at this point, it's kind of like, well, I guess I'd have to cross my fingers and hope that I you know, luck onto some great match. Right. I mean, the ESPN watch, ESPN three, whatever you want to call it is pretty great. Um, and if you want some time, I can get off of your lawn and show you how to, how to, <laughs> how to work that. Sold. But, sold. But yeah, even that it's kind of spotty what you can watch. And the weird thing is they don't label the matches. So it's like, you have to know who played in the second round on the main court in the Miami tournament. It's like, come yeah. on guys, just give us some last names. 
That I, I could do that. I could do that. Yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. I can tell you why, because I, on shameless plug, uh, not like they're paying us, but um, there's an incredible app that I just got called the WTA ATP Live app, Ooh. which is just scores. It's exactly what I want. It's scores and draws. Right. Like no other app or website can just deliver you exactly what yeah. it is you want to know if in the case that you are me, which is just scores right. and, and names and draws. Draws. It's so hard to find draws online sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> nobody like likes, find them in maybe a readable not visual. Way. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's frustrating because like I could, it's so exciting to, to watch and such an easy way to understand the progression of the tournament and like right. who was set up to do well but fell short of expectations, who climbed out of a week's draw to like you know, make a final. Like I can tell you sitting here looking at the, the draw that Kuznetsova has had to the finals. It's been a tough one. She beat Serena Williams, obviously after that, she beat, uh, Makarova. Who's excellent. Yeah. She played Caroline Garcia. Who's really, really, really good. And every one of those matches was like a tough three setter. Right. And that's awesome. Cause she definitely deserves to be there. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, um, the other half of the draw, like it's going to be a good one. in uh, the semis Azarenka versus Kerber, which is going to be tonight, you know, and there were like not as many tough, tough players in that part of the draw, except for the two that I just mentioned. So it's it's cool to see it. I don't know why more tournaments don't make it more like easier to find. I know, and it's not it's not like a problem with our like draw internet technology. Like it's the NCAA tournament, all people have been looking at is draws for a month now. <laughs> like yeah, like totally our doable. eyes can handle it. Yes, right. Um, totally. Hey, hey, I I wanted to to uh, talk about uh, Thomas uh, Burdick, if that's possible at all be my guess sure so uh so he lost to Djokovic again and the way Djokovic talked about him was like he was like a very pleasant ball machine basically which is like uh, I've played him a lot and sometimes I really play my best against him (laughs) he's been in the top 10 has not dropped out of the top 10 since about 2010 he's been between and not just that he's been between four and ten in the rankings for like five and a half years it's crazy it sort of reinforces like my set, like, I think the general sense of him, certainly my sense, that he's like some kind of like Rutger Howard esque Eastern European <laughs> robot. And like now he, do- he doesn't even have like the most over muscled legs on tour that Roundich is around. Like, I feel like <laughs> there's little to distinguish him, but it's like, I don't know, like he seems like a good dude. And that's an accomplishment. Yeah. And he's only made one major final, which for being in the top 10 that for that long. It's like David Ferrer-esque. It's kind of amazing. Yeah. He made a Wimbledon final? Is that right? He did. Yep, he did. Yeah, yeah. I seem to remember that. I like him. He's got yeah. a nice face. I mean, he's also cute, so that he doesn't is. hurt in the dude realm. Sure. Uh, he's got a booming serve, and he's like 6'4". He wears kind of crappy clothes, but, you know. Uh, the, the people at H&M are like dressing him like a paper doll right now, which is sort of hard It's to a watch. paper doll. That's exactly right. <laughs> Um, but, but I think, uh, I think, yeah. And, and it's true. Like it's the obvious thing to say, but like the, the disparity in flexibility between him and Djokovic is astonishing. Yeah. It really makes you appreciate like there's a, uh, exponential jump. There is, there's, I mean, he's basically, he's, uh, would you say he's the Todd Martin of our generation? Maybe. Uh, I don't think Todd Martin was that, um, that consistently in the top 10 i might be wrong though but just in terms of like good pretty quick for their size but just generally too lumbering maybe yeah to possibly to be really great in these big tournaments their sizes are similar um i want to draw the distinction between uh burdick and goffin david goffin he's this belgian kid i have you seen him play at all i have uh only only because it's fun to watch him play it's like uh he's so small i mean he he looks like a, a a high school player. 
He's totally. It's yeah. got. He's got like kind of a mop top, and he definitely looks like he's like just started using proactive, right. which is adorable. And he's. Just, I mean, he's like five eleven, so he's not short, but comparatively to you know the rest of the dudes, yeah. he looks tiny. Right. And he is totally fun to watch. He's bendy. He's flexible. He's quick. Yep. And now he's in a semi against Djokovic. And he to me is like, oh cool, this kid is between him and. Um, Dominic Team, team. Austri- Austrian kid. Right. Like these guys are the future. Like I'm curious to see if he can t- take a dent out of Djokovic. I doubt it, but it'll <laughs> still be fun to watch. I'm going to try to catch it tonight. Yeah, totally. And they're like him and Team are kind of linked. Like they kind of came up at the same time. They're both like pretty small, relatively speaking, to the tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's fun. It's fun to see the progression of tennis players stay smaller, maybe even get smaller rather than return to like big booming serves. You know? Yeah. Um, I mean, although Murray and Nadal. And those guys are underratedly big. Like Nadal, seeing him in person, he is a horse. <laughs> yeah. It's like amazing. He, but yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Um, I'm excited about that. And I also think like, I don't know. I'm just like so like thrilled that there's like tennis going on. Okay. So here's something I wanted to bring up, which is I was complaining a little earlier because it's hard to watch, even though there's all this stuff yeah, yeah. going on because of like tennis rights. And I wanted to link it to something we were talking about, which is the idea that tennis needs better announcers. Yes. And I found one. Whoa, awesome. A wreck. His name is Bill Walton, but he already has a job, but I think I could talk him into this. Do you want to know more? I do. Go on. Okay, Bill Walton, the injury-plagued 1970s-era basketball player. And you know what I'm talking about. Yep, and that prominent deadhead, Bill Walton. Prominent deadhead. I read this fantastic profile of him in the New York Times Magazine talking about his second life as an announcer. I had no idea because I don't really like basketball at all, but they quote him several times in remarking on games one of them is amazing have you ever been to a volcano when it was erupting he asked once during an ncaa broadcast apropos of basically nothing (laughs) we need this guy tennis needs this guy right he is a little loopy he's like insightful but also kind of out there i love it tennis has lost bud collins right right who you know i'm not going to say good or bad just he's gone r.i.p right we we could use some fresh like, loopiness. We need a new oddball. We need a yeah, new... and I think especially somebody who kind of like gets zen with it and kind of weird and like pulls in like references to like you know uh, the Great Leap Forward and Che Guevara and stuff like that's cool. Don't get me wrong, I enjoy you know Moet Chandon and Evian <laughs> and like all the incredibly corporate sponsors that back tennis, but like it does have a bit of a stiff reputation. And you get somebody like this in the mix talking about the revolution <laughs> while also complimenting somebody's like beautiful backhand passing shot. Yeah, win win. Totally, totally. So the uh, next time I'm in San Diego, my plan is I'm going to find this guy. He's probably going to be sitting at the beach listening to The Grateful Dead. Right. And I'm going to try to talk him into it. Yeah, well, I think also he has, like, terrible, like, he was forced out of the league for, like, terrible leg and knee problems. And, like, he might be one of those guys who has fused ankles, which is terrifying. Oh, yeah. God. But so, so I think getting him to travel to Europe... It will be tough, and Australia is probably a no-go, although I think he'd dig Australia, probably. Um, but maybe he can be the first guy that calls these games just from home, online. We are going to draft Bill Walton into being a tennis announcer, basically. Yeah, anybody yeah. who's listening who has his email address or knows how we can get in touch with him, you'll be, you'll be handsomely rewarded with an incredible listen, <laughs> I think. Yeah. So that's totally. what I wanted to say. I feel like the more we can make this compelling to viewers by getting those types and also making the early matches available for watching, the better. Yeah. Agreed. I have okay. one further thing to discuss with you. I yes. got a bit of listener feedback. Go on. J. 
Jen from Alabama notes that despite the last episode being titled the confirmed lesbian edition, (laughs) there was nothing in the podcast for her to listen to. And she was disappointed that that was in reference to a sweaty Tommy Haas. (laughs) Right. What a tease. Uh, I'm just going to leave this there. Do with that information what you will. <laughs> Thank you for listening. I'm sorry that we didn't give more red meat to our lesbian listeners. Uh, I'm trying. I'm struggling to think what that would be. What that um, would be in like in this episode? Like we have to find something. Yeah. Uh, for that demo. Could, right. What do you? What can we? What can we talk about that could satisfy the what? gulf that we created last week? Yeah. God. I don't know. I mean, I would think that Burditch is very very beautiful. Right. <laughs> right. For like for all orientations. Thomas Burdich. Yeah, I think we can all like, agree. Like Tommy Haas. Like Joe Willie Sanga appeals yes. to all. Ugh, yeah. One hundred percent. Sure. Okay. I feel great about this. Jen, yeah. that's for you. I hope you were satisfied by that. <laughs> um thanks for listening to the main draw. Um and let's come back when the clay court season has started. Yes. I can't wait. It's almost upon us. All right, Kate. Almost upon us. Have a good one. Thanks, man. You too.